Welcome. Here we are. First Monday of the month. Your podcast crew is with you. What's going on, guys? How you doing, John? Good to see you again. Good. Uh, we were just talking. We've been talking for about 40 minutes. So I thought we covered that. Did we not? I'm good, though. No, I'm good. Um, two quick things I want to get out of the way before we start. We have, a, I think we have a really fun topic for you guys today. Um, I apologize for my absence from last month's podcast. I was in the process of moving. I am now in a new space. You'll notice um, the vigilant watchers uh, will notice a new a new setting for me. Um, I live in Bayside, Queens now, New York, um, which actually. Uh, t- why are you shaking your head? I just think I even... you're just you're so much cooler than the rest of us. <laughs> that's that's true. Well, this is the, the the weird thing. This is the weird thing about living in New York as like an animal guy is that there's not a lot of wildlife, obviously, or at least that's what you're uh, you would think you're led to believe. But the park system actually has a decent has more more wildlife and more stuff going on than you would think. And I'm right by the water now. So one of the nesting areas for uh, diamondback terrapins on the you know on, on the coast is actually right by um, where my apartment is. Nice. So, there's some some of that, but actually, I I've been looking into like there's more birds, a lot of birds in the, the parks. But there's a park right next to me called Crocheron Park. Uh, anyone from New York uh, will know it as the place that if you're from Queens, is the place that you go to to drink when you're underage, as my understanding. Mm. Um, but there's also they have a pond and they have turtles there. I've I've been told I haven't gone down there yet um, since it got warm. But actually, Tony, you 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 went out for you went out herping today, right? I did, I did, and it's it's wonderful oh, because day too, I hear. Yes, a wonderful day actually. What considering it was. it was about thirty-seven degrees out, and I caught three spotted turtles, so it's pretty cool. That's big. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, um, well, I I went to a it's a like a old uh, a cranberry bog. That's not a cranberry bog anymore. So it's perfect. Okay. Um, the water's really acidic, and um, it's shallow, uh, but it's always there. So and it's very. It's there's a very uh, seldom traveled road that runs through there. The whole time I was there, which was probably only 20 minutes, is very productive. 20 or 30 minutes, there wasn't one car that passed. So. Um, I think that's probably why the population is still doing well. It's kind of hidden. But uh, we found three males that were just kind of sitting there. They were really easy to catch. I didn't bring a net or anything. I just went to look, and I ended up catching three of them. So they're getting out nice and early and uh, getting ready to... What time did you go? The females. Uh, it was about, mm, I want to say about 10, 15, 10, 30 in the morning. So, cool. Yeah, they were just coming out. I bet if we were out there... Three hours later, we would have seen a lot more. Just to clarify for our viewers, that we should also make sure to say that um, they were re-released. This was just a you know a catch to find them and then put them right back where they were. Right, right. If I re- I didn't even really want to catch them. I just you know when when a turtle is at your at your uh, feet, it's kind of hard not to reach down and, and pick one up and take a look at it. So for me, it well, is. Well, we've talked about that in our else. videos. We've talked about that. You want to you want to catch them. Hopefully, your the idea is that they're uh, you know they're then getting a fear of humans, so they stay away from the next four hundred pounder that comes jogging by. I'm only three hundred and two pounds, John. I've been losing no, weight. My bad. My bad. Thank you. Um, 
That's good though. That's that's a spotted. Are they are spotted making a little comeback or no? I mean, that's that's actually I feel like it's surprising that you'd get probably three in any probably area. not. Yeah, they're no, no. they're probably not. This is a really just, really good spot for them. And, just got lucky. And yeah, I mean, I see them every time I go there. I see a bunch, but like I said, I think this is just a perfect diamond in the rough spot. And um, I think someone's been catching them there because I saw some some muck from the from the water was pulled up onto the shore like if someone was grabbing some catching some turtles with the net. So I was a little upset right. to see that, but yeah, it is what it is. We're gonna have to. Should we make a video there, or we think that'll be revealing the spot too much? I've already made a couple have... videos from there. I've tried to make sure that the the footage is not encrypted as right, best right. I can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay. I got a little footage today. I had someone with me. Oh, so I had them. Yeah, I had them film me for a moment. Oh, good. So, yeah. Okay. Pretty great. It's great. Um, I all day. Yeah. That's good. That's listen. It's, it's tis the season. It's we're getting to that. Yeah. That this is the time of year when nice little we're Monday. Get that stuff going. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um. Second important thing, if you look right, oh, where is it? Right there, is our sponsor for this month, uh, Snakes at Sunset. They are, um, I checked out their website a little bit. Look like a pretty good operation. They are out of Miami, correct? Yes, yeah, Miami, Florida. Out of Miami, Florida. I guess they have a storefront down there, and they have the website. So uh, if you're in Miami, go check out what's what's going on down there. Yeah, there's there's a picture uh, of the of the website. Um, they have a lot of a lot of cool stuff available. Actually, a lot of different uh, different type. Um, uh, amphibians always get lumped into their own their own thing. I was thinking about that today. I wonder, do you, are there new people? I don't even have talked about this before. Are there new like like we're turtle people? Are there new people? Do you think? Oh, I'm sure there are. Yes, absolutely. I feel like they must be so like I have like a you know. We all have chips on our shoulders a little bit about the you know the lack of respect <laughs> that turtles get. I imagine what new people feel like. That must be. That must be rough. Um, there's your new. There you go. Newts for sale. Perfect. Um, new, they're so hard to keep, right? Are, are not are not newts harder to keep? I feel like I've had when I was a kid. I had a hundred newts, and they all like they all managed to escape and die. Where'd you get them from? We had ones from. Well, we go out. We used to, when I was a kid. We used to go out every year to the first. Um, we would go to like the the new mating. Session. I don't. Did I ever take? Uh, you didn't come with me, did you, Tone? No, you always tried to invite me, but I never. Wanted. Yeah, it's a pretty. It was cool. It's a very cool thing. But um, there's actually. I mean, newts are everywhere. There. We went hiking last year in um right right by my my parents' house in in Ridgefield, and there was a hiking trail. There was we saw like literally 25, 25 newts. It was after a, you know it was kind of a humid day in the middle of the summer, and they were just hanging out, just being newts. What type of newts? Do you know what type they are? What what species? They were the little red ones. I want to call them like red, like dwarfs. nymphs, like nymphs, like the eastern newt. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't remember. I have pictures. I never did. I send you. I didn't send. I sent pictures. I thought to, so we could put them. We could use them, and we never did. That's the species that has like two life two. Two life cycles lives as like a salamander and a newt, and like when they get older, they turn like green or something, and or or vice versa. What like they do change color? Of, yes. One part of their life they're green yeah. with red spots, and and another part of their life they're the opposite. They're red, yeah, red with dark dark green spots. I think they're. I think really, that's I, when they're. That's when they're babies. I think. I think they're very attractive. I like them. They are. They're very pretty. Once in a while. 
Yeah, very I was um, I was out with Michael Musnick um, tracking some um, North American wood turtles, and I had to delay our progress when I was like jumping through puddles trying to catch some of those so I could take a closer look at them, like a like a little kid. They they are very pretty. They they have big most reptiles I feel like are like this, but they have the big smiles. They have really they're very. They're they're a beautiful beautiful thing. It's easy to step on them too. If you're ever if anyone is just in the woods or in a anywhere near a wetlanded area, you gotta you gotta watch where you're going because they are very small and you will like we saw for every one that we saw we saw one that was also just the the guts and hide of it that had been mm-hmm. so very sad. Right in my right in my hometown, there's a hiking trail where you could find marbled salamanders, um, spotted salamanders. Um, Jefferson and Jefferson are the really ugly ones, right? And blue spotted, I believe. And then we also have the blue spotted and the Jefferson hybridized with each other, and they're very rare. They're they're endangered. So, like when you when you find them, the DEEP, the Department of Environmental um, and Energy Protection or whatever it is. Um, in Connecticut, wants you to fill out a um, a form when you find any of them to let them know. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done it yet, but of course not. Well, I don't usually go flipping over rocks. I'm usually. How do they hybridize? I don't understand that. What's the rules for for what species can hybridize? There aren't there aren't rules per se. Part of the idea is the harder they are, the farther apart they are genetically, the harder it is to hybridize, Um, and so. Uh, you know, within the same genus is most common, uh, and that's why we even have a completely different term for subspecies, uh, you know, their integrates, is because they're the easiest to, you know, have that happen. And then, you know, the farther back you get, the harder it is to hybridize, although even in the turtle world, we've seen cases where um, species in the same um, species across family or across gen- genuses have bred in um, in both uh, Asian turtles and uh, in American turtles. You have uh, there are slider map mixes, which are even farther apart than the map diamondback mixes, which have also occurred. And in the Asian turtles, there have been hybrids between Cora and Maremis and Maremis and Cicalia, I believe, and. It's just a mess in some, you know, depending on who's doing what. There's even, I was just looking yesterday at the hybrid section in um, Holger Vetter's book, um, the the Asian Turtles book, and I thought there were hybrids between, that was a cat. That was a cat, Um, yes it was. A black cat, that's good, this is going to be a good show. A black cat crossed in front of John's screen. Um, I thought there were hybrids across um, Asian species and South American species. I thought. Uh, yeah, right. Because rhinoclemmies is in the is in the Geomida family, so exactly. that's probably possible to happen. Exactly. I thought it was rhinoclemmies <laughs> and rhinoclemmies and maremmies, possibly. So that's um, rhinoclemmies are South American wood turtles, and um, maremmies are like um, I don't know what would you call them, Steve? Mediterranean pond turtles or Asian pond turtles. Uh, Asian oh. is what Maremmies would be considered. Old, uh, the the, the uh, term often used is old world pond turtles because it kind of covers Mediterranean, the Asian, kind of the you know, the stuff that Columbus didn't so-called discover. So Columbus is so accomplished. 
Columbus right. discovered turtles? I didn't know that. I thought he was yeah. just an America guy. Right. <laughs> well, he discovered the New World, and hence the New World turtles are, as a result, of, that's why they're called the New World turtles, is right. because they were you know, in the area that he discovered called the New World. There's that's the New World and Old World monkeys is the big thing that they say that right that's that's one of the big animal species where they're divided into that Old World being New World being like the chimpanzees and the higher primates and the Old World being like gibbons and marmosets and whatever the other yeah little... yeah the African stuff versus like the South American you know etc yeah right. Families, just generally speaking, genetically, families are more um, are more likely to be. They're closer, so they're more likely to be generally hybridized uh, within no. the last like no, within the last like long period of evolution, over the last like million years. More are closer together than what? I'm just than anything out of its family. Uh, family, other than you know, in turtles, other than the. You know the ones that we were talking about, the the Geomites, some of those, and then the the couple things that Graptomus and, and Trachomus have hybridized with. There aren't a whole lot of cross family uh, or yeah, cross family or subfamily stuff that I've seen in colonians. Okay, interesting. Um, it's all right, it's so within the genus that we've seen the mo we've seen the most hybridizations. The genus. Yeah. Okay. Um, good stuff. Very good. Very good stuff. An interesting, uh, an interesting side note that we got to there. Um, let's. I, I want to get into the, the our main uh, our main subject. That, that that Steve that the link that you just put up. What is what is that? Do we want to talk about that right now? Uh, up to you. It's oh, just okay. another, another story of okay. yep. of extinction. Or not extinction, okay. but of, of endangerment. Right. Okay, well, that, that may tie in. So let's before we get to that, let's just talk. Let's introduce the general topic that we wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, so this is this is something that has been I've been thinking about for a while, and I knew I needed to have a good uh, a good idea and topic to discuss after um, after uh, not showing up for the last uh, the last podcast. So I've been thinking about this for a while, and one of Steve, if you can put up the um, the the oneearth.org. Um, the the thing about should we really save the devil's hole pupfish? Ah, uh, uh, yes. A little bit of that article. So I was looking at this article and it raised an interesting question. The devil's hole pupfish is a is a, a very small fish that is localized entirely to one basically well system, um, natural well system in the uh, in in Death Valley. Um, it's a pupfish species. There's about a hundred left in the world because it's only this one location. And the, this article, which is very interesting, and you should take a look at it, it, it's, it paints it in a light of they're obviously an interesting species, and they're, they could be useful just to, you know, any species we can learn stuff about evolution and about where things come from and where, you know, how and why things develop and life develops the way that it is. But the question that this, that this article kind of posed is, is it, at the same time, whatever value they may have, is it really worth it to spend a lot of money uh, and and to save them? And it's a hard question. And um and I was thinking about I read this article and I had already also been thinking about just um 
it's it's kind of a, a, a faux pas to admit, but there's also there's a lot of species, uh, you know, there's a lot of animals that I just don't that I just don't like. I think that that's right. Everyone has everyone should have one at least that you don't like, right? That maybe that's maybe that's incorrect. I don't know, but like I, I'm pretty much all the species except for dogs, all the species that have developed uh, and and you know found their evolutionary niches just being like close to humans or I I pretty much don't like most of them. Um, seagulls being the main one, like seagulls just kind of hanging out by the beach and picking up our like our loose hot dogs, like that's you are a despicable evolutionary animal and I don't, don't respect you. Um, what else? I, I think they're opportunistic, opportunistic in a good way. Actually, I was speaking to Chris Leone about this because I asked him what he thought when I was trying to figure out what my answer would be if I had to pick one. And well, don't jump ahead said, too far. Well, he said raccoons. I just wanted to tell you. Yeah. That, said, okay. So yeah, so raccoons. I think that's a perfect. Yeah. You're it comes. This is the, this is a kind of a crude analogy, but in the in the days of uh, slavery, there was a kind of a, a back and forth. Uh, I think it, it was sounds, kind of more. It just, more it's just it's not. No, it's nothing like that. It sounds really no, crude. No, just listen. No, this is a good this is a good analogy. I, so far, it's not. Continue. Well, because you didn't let me. You didn't let me even go finish the sentence. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. In the days of slavery, there were there was a, a perceived difference between slaves that worked inside the house and slaves. They thought you know, th those slaves had a different perception of themselves than the slaves that worked outside of the house that had kind of a harder, you know, harder. They worked worked harder, I guess, situations. So there was like you know the house slaves and the field slaves were perceived as different. But at the end of the day, they were both slaves. So they didn't, you know, the, them being. Whatever it was, it wasn't important for them to be to be opposed to each other. But I feel like in the animal kingdom, raccoons and house and cats, cats are the the house slaves. They are the ones that they think they're probably better than the other than the outdoor animals. But the outdoor animals are the ones that actually have you know they're they're definitely tougher and have they go through more. They are directly in line of the the circle of life. Um, so that's again. I'm. This is a. I'm. I'm digressing. And this is. See now that I put her in front of the camera, she's thinks she's okay to just be chilling here. Um, that was a mistake on my part. Um, that was a horrible analogy that you made. I think. Too. I thought that was that wasn't a, a good analogy. No, not at all. I don't think so at all. Fine. We made cats. We made cats. They're they're not even. Right, but I'm saying like so. This that's what I'm saying. We we made cats, and they developed without. They didn't need any skill to survive except being liked by humans. That's kind of a despicable thing, in my opinion. Whatever. It doesn't need to be. The analogy doesn't have to be perfect, but that's just my opinion. So these two things. This article about the devil's hole pupfish and my um my my thoughts on species of animals that I don't like led me to have this question. So I'm going to now pose it, and all three of us are going to discuss it. And I don't think, honestly, I don't think that this scenario is a crazy thing that could never happen. We're going to say that the, uh, we'll go with it, you say the United Nations. The United Nations is creating uh, a new post. They're going to, we're going to call it the United Nations Environmental Ambassador. Or the, you know, the whatever it is. So the environment is going to get a, a seat at the United Nations. And all of the conservation uh, organizations and the societies and everyone that is into that are then going to be beholden to this one post. So it's kind of like a president of environmentalism is the is the idea. 
which I don't think that that's that, that crazy to think of because if you got if you got the WWF, the World Wildlife Foundation, and the Conservation the WWF, Society right here, right here in Stanford, WWF. <laughs> if you got a couple of the large conservation organizations to be into that and to say, listen, we're we're gonna put our money to wherever this person who we know has the best interests of the environment and the earth at heart, we're going to back them, then it, the, the smaller organizations would have to, they would have to be, you know, what are they going to do? Just not do it and they're going to have less money. My, so, my concern with something like that is it's going to be as much of a political post as anything, just like of course anything is. Every and so really the first priority for this person is not going to be the animals and the environment, it's going to be right. well, that's, right. his, his you're right. post and pushing whatever agenda his political things want to push. You're 100% right. The real world application of it is that that's what would happen. It would be, you know, like Jeb Bush's daughter would get and would become the this position <laughs> and it would all be ruined. But That'd be so bad. Jeb Bush doesn't win anything. It would, <laughs> He's the best Bush. He doesn't win anything. It'd be just as bad if somebody like Michael Mann ended up on it. Right. Anybody, anybody that we that we know of as a politician, of course, would. That's that's a separate issue. But say, so say we're looking at it in an idealistic sense. Of course, the way that the founding fathers were, you know, thought that the president would be a good thing. Well, we're saying that this position. Let's just for the sake of argument, you're 100 percent right, Steve. For the sake of argument, this position has been created. And now this position is going to be in control of all of the funds um, that go towards conservation on uh, running through the UN. So any any countries that are recognized formally by the UN. So that's most of the countries, and you know that aren't in a direct open rebellion or under warlords or whatever. So the question is, you are inheriting. You're the one who's chosen for this job, and this is. Again, this we are the exact. The three of us are perfect candidates. We are the type of people that we should be should be in this job. That's why I think our opinions matter on this. <laughs> you. So here's the question: You have been given this job, and it's very obvious that there's not going to be enough money to go around for every species uh, of animal, especially every species of animal that is endangered and on the brink of extinction. So you need to make a real world decision, and you need to say, "All right, we're going to let this species." take its natural course, natural course, which is going to be, we're going to let this go extinct because we don't, either money, monetarily wise, you don't, I mean, there's a lot of reasons behind it, and I'll let you guys give your answers of why that, you know, the species that you chose are going to be on there, but one of them is monetary, uh, you know, you don't have, we just can't, we don't have the money to save everything. We don't have the time and energy to save everything. Some things, environmentally speaking, their habitats are just so far gone that they can't be saved. Um, so those are all just those are ways to think about it, but that's the question. I think that that's an important thing. It, it's for us. We are always trying to. You're trying to think of everything. You know, I think that people that are concerned about the environment really are, are broad, broad thinkers, and I think that we need to be. We need to think about everything and understand that we can't we can't save it all, right? So. That's the premise of uh, what I wanted to uh, what I wanted to talk about and pose the question to them to uh, to everybody. Um, if anyone who is listening has uh, a, an answer or an opinion or you disagree with something that we say, um, please let us know. Uh, I think that this is this is going to be divisive. I think that that's kind of the the point is that you're making a hard decision. We're going to be letting something that a lot of people 
love and a lot of you know environmentalists everywhere will be you know will, will care about. Um, so Steve, I think we're gonna we're gonna ask you first. So Steve Ooh. Enders, Ooh. you are Steve Enders. All right. So we're we're going we're starting with a broad not 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 turtle uh, specific broad any any species of animal in the world what can go what can we let go what can we basically defund and say okay we're going to let this thing go extinct all right and why? so okay so to recap for the viewers real quick we are hypothesizing new position in charge of all environmental things in the around the globe pretty much and Correct. this person has to make one decision to let a species go extinct to help save other species. And so the question is, which one are we letting go? And I can't believe you asked me first. I was going to let you two take a couple angles and then come in and look like the well, smart we can guy. Tony, and drop a couple Tony, more. We can, Tony, if you want to go first, then, then we can, we can, Tony can go first. That may make oh. more sense. I got it. Okay. I got it. Yeah, I got this. I'm ready. That was weird. You ready? Yeah, so Tony, right. Anthony Pirlione, you have been inaugurated as the UN ambassador to the Earth. Begin by defunding an animal that we know is just too far gone at this point. Okay. Well, when I try to think about um, high-profile animals that have gone extinct in the past, I think about um, subspecies of the Galapagos tortoise, uh, like Lonesome George, and I also think of like the dodo bird and some of the masquerine um, tortoises um, as well. That's just what comes to mind in my little brain, right? And I think about some of the species that have gone extinct uh, recently, like some of the beautiful little frog and toads in Costa Rica that were wiped out by that unknown um, illness that they can't figure out and how the mainstream public doesn't know about that, but they know more about things like panda bears, rhinos, tigers, things of that nature. Um, I also know that there are more tigers living in captivity in Texas than there are in the wild. Now, I read that in a book, so it has to be true, right? In Forbidden book. Creatures. Forbidden Creatures. Really, 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 really interesting book. So anyway, um, my first thought was to maybe go with the tiger because it's so well represented in captivity. <clears throat> but there was a very good – see how I did my homework on this? You did? There was a very good um, article, and I'm not sure if this was the guy, um, but a gentleman, a British wildlife expert by the name of Chris Packman, um, basically talked about – how much money goes into saving the giant panda and um, how those funds, how we need to be smart about how we use funds like that. And there was, there was someone, I'm not sure if it was him or not, but I remember reading something where someone said if, it was a conservationist who said if we could let the giant panda go extinct to save every other species, he would he would do in a heartbeat. And he got a ton, a ton of, of negative attention for that, but probably positive attention. And he presses good press. Um, so I couldn't help but think about that when you came up with this because um, 
a high profile species dying off like that can be so important for uh, educating people on what needs to happen. And the giant panda has like no habitat left at all. So if you save it, what are you saving it for? You're saving it for, are you going to put it into, like when people move out of condo complexes, are you going to put it back, you're going to give it a one-room apartment? Or like I don't, I mean we've kind of already have done the damage. I'm not saying kill the panda, but I just think, I'm trying to make a very difficult argument to make that um, the damage is already done. It's like you're saying kill the panda. I'm just saying kill the panda. No, I'm. My my thought too was like pick pick a turtle species because if you're an expert on turtles, not that I'm an expert in anything, but if I am an expert in anything, it's especially animal related. It's turtles. So pick one using that knowledge. But <coughs> I I guess I just wanted to be a little ignorant on this one and pick an animal that I don't know a lot about but know a little bit about. And and if you, I mean use. Use Lonesome George as, a, as an example. It's really not a big deal. If a panda went extinct, it would be a huge deal. Um, so I think that that's something that it would help to be mindful of in this situation. Just saying. So are you picking the panda? You're saying we're gonna let the, you're letting the giant pandas die. I am regretfully picking the giant pandas. When I asked my wife about this, she said great white sharks. And <laughs> that's what I... That's when I first decided I should go with something other than a turtle or tortoise. And when I asked her why great white sharks, she said, well, because they're scary and they eat humans and because they eat seals and seals are adorable. <laughs> I just I wanted to share that. I told her I would. That's, That's great. great. Yeah. doesn't surprise me one bit either. Yeah. 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 I figured um, she'd pick a turtle that I keep just to, like, lower <laughs> the cow. Yeah, just to, just to kick kick a brother in the ding ding, just because she can. But. Um, I think that that's that's a really good and interesting point. I, I, are you saying you think that by eliminating the panda that that will actually do more good because it'll be a like a lonesome George, it'll be a symbol. Like you're saying, okay, now this is gone. We let this die, so you know, let's not let this happen to the next thing. Is that the idea? Yeah, I can't remember of like a high, a really, really high-profile animal that died during like like in the world we live in today, with media and everything else. So like you know some 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 small frogs that no one knew existed die in Costa Rica. Right. You know that matters to frog people like it would matter to us when turtles go extinct. But um, you know the dodo bird and the Tasmanian tiger and. Um, some some animals that would be a big deal now, they, you know, became extinct long before CNN. So, I think right. that that's well, that, I think that's, that's a good point. Of, what has what has gone like in our lifetime has something? What's the highest profile thing that's gone extinct? And it's probably, you know, we probably don't know. Like, there's not very. It's it's lonesome George, but I mean, it's not like that's just subspecies. Obviously, like you said. So there's a lot. There's a lot of species. A lot of little things. All the time, and they're not little things. They're not. Like I would be. Well, like what then? I would be really mad if the Vietnamese pond turtle actually was extinct. It was extinct in the wild for a while, and then it's made a comeback because of captive breeding. But like, I would be really mad if we lost that species. Uh, I would be devastated, and we should, and right. rightfully so. And, and to anyone else, it would just be a little species. So why is that a little species, and something else is not? 
Right. Um, it's just it's putting like it's putting a, a very human based value on species that you know who who says one is more important than the other. It's it's well. It's that's really the point is that you thing. do. You're the you're the ambassador to the earth, so you do. It, I'd be happy if I did get to be the ambassador of the earth because turtles would become the new pandas. <laughs> well, it's it's I, I think it's I do think it's a really interesting point, and it's a good point that it's you know this the sim the symbolism of it would would matter. Whereas right now we've made it a symbol of things coming back, and actually, I mean, so I'm I'm gonna go right into my my choice because this, it was perfect because I went the exact opposite direction of you. Pandas are actually rebounding in the wild. There's much more pandas now than there was in 1990. They've that's been one of the, you know, relative success stories because of the symbolism of it. Um, that's not the main I, reason that I that I chose what I did, but what I told you that I didn't know what I was talking about. So forgive no, me. No, no, you don't have to defend yourself. That's the point of this is for for us to say something that may not make sense um, <laughs> because it's our opinion. As long as it's our opinion, then we can say whatever we want. Um, <laughs> But I, I think so. I think that the giant panda is, and because it's already established itself as a symbol, I think that it's important to keep them alive for that reason. And I think there's also uh, geopolitical reasons. I kind of went geographic uh, on mine, uh, and this is going to affect and probably upset uh, both of you and myself for reasons that you'll see when we get there. But um, I, I think that it's important that the pandas for these two reasons. Again, the symbolism, like I said, I think that it's important that they are, you know, we show that there can be good. I don't know if we can scare people. I don't think, if people aren't scared already of things that have gone away, then I don't think that another large thing is going to scare them. Like, we pretty much were, we didn't, but we pretty much killed all the buffalo. That was, you know, we didn't really, I don't know how scared people were about that. That was one of the main things, and that's one of the big American things. And I did think about that, like, okay, maybe that's a, a, a thing when I was, I, I thought about that from your perspective, like let's let something big die and have it be a symbol. And if we wanted the most people to care about it, it would have to be something American. Uh, well, I guess not the most people, but the most people that are listening to our pod, our podcast, uh, it would have to be something American. So that the you know the American bison would be a, a big thing. But I chose uh, to go away from the panda route because I also think that it's I went you know geographically. I think it's important that the Chinese species. Are the things, or in the you know the Asian species? I think that they're important because of the importance of China and the Far East in the future of of the world. Their population is so large, and their their political influence is going to be is continually growing and has for you know a long period of time. Um, so I think that I, I wanted to protect those, put the money towards the Asian species. I was thinking specifically, like, I really don't want to see a, a Yangtze River turtles. I don't want to see them go extinct. I want to put as much money as I can in that. Um, what I decided to call a lost cause, but I think is also something, it's a similar, it's a similar argument that it's, you know, it ends up being that, okay, we're, we're, we're giving up on this and that's hopefully we're making a point, but, um, I'm going with all of the species, uh, the collective species of lemurs. Um, obviously, they only live on Madagascar, um, and I think that Madagascar is the perfect example of something that we spend so much time and effort on, and it's pretty. It's it's already you know it's already what's done is done. The damage is done in Madagascar. I don't think we're getting that back. I don't think that there's. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it. Give it the boot. I. I don't want to give any more money to a corrupt African nation that is been so unaware. Uh, 
that it's gotten to this point, that's already gotten to this point where China, at least there's, it's China is so big that there's still potential that they can do the right thing and there's so much rural area there. Whereas Madagascar is, is not a small country geographically, but it's small enough that I don't know how much progress can be made. I think that what's done is done on Madagascar. And I think that it will serve the same purpose as, you know, especially, you know, what's that, there's a movie called Madagascar and all those things are now dead. I think that that will matter. And that will also matter to children more. And children are, if you would believe, um, the great pop singers of the 90s are our future. So let's get them mad now by killing off something that they like. And then hopefully they'll be, you know, they'll be pissed in, in 10 years, 20 years when they are the uh, United Nations ambassador to the world. You mentioned the um, Raphidus Swinhoi, the, the Yangtze River turtle, the mm-hmm. giant softshell turtles. Yeah. From, um, yeah. I, I, I was going Basically already to, gone, right? Yeah. Well, I, was, I was going to pick them. There's three males and one right. female. And right. the, the female has laid eggs but hasn't laid any fertile eggs. So right. they're, pro- they're probably gone already. And that's why I was right. going to pick them. But my thought was that it won't be an impact. It won't matter because it's been kind of a slow process and they kind yeah. of are already gone. If they do end up producing any viable young right now, it would be really exciting. But I thought I think if they die... It wouldn't Either way, the gene pool is too shallow. They're going to be gone. I mean, they're gone, whether we whether we choose to defund them or not. That's probably true. But I think that it would be. I would like to make it a show of this is where we're putting our foot down and we're trying. Whereas the Devil's Hole pupfish, which I'm, you know, I, I think was the point of that whole thing was that I think that they should be. We should not like they just build a four million dollar. Um, uh, what university was it? I think it was University of Washington or something. One of the whatever, some one of the Western colleges. I think it's in one of those articles. One of the Western colleges made a large, uh, what is it called? Building, mm-hmm. what, uh, facility. I couldn't mm-hmm. think of the word facility. A large facility um, designated to try and rehabilitate the Devil's Hole puffish. Why are we spending four million dollars on it? I get I love it. That. I love that, John. And I'll tell you why I love that, because it's local to them, and it gives the students an, an opportunity to learn something that is extremely uh, um, significant and unique that you can't get anywhere else. So it's something that the college can use as their a feather in their cap, and it's, it's private money that would, I mean, have you visited a college lately? I mean, they absolutely steal their students' money, and I love to see it going into something that... You know, in, in the real world, yes. In the real world, yes. But wouldn't you rather have four million dollars towards whatever thing? I mean, I guess a part of this, obviously, the interesting question is to say what would we let live or what would we let die. But I mean, would you rather have four million dollars put towards whatever thing that you think really needs to live? Which is probably another question that we can ask that we don't. I didn't really, really research. What I think is the most important thing to save. I think that it would be an interesting. Um, thing to get to. I don't know if you want to talk about that too. But I mean I'd rather have four million dollars towards the Yangtze River turtle if that's what you know, as a for instance. Um, you know, they may be too far gone, but that's I mean I'd rather have it towards the pandas even. Put it towards the pandas. Put it towards the orcas. Put it towards anything anything other than a, a little pup you know how we know what pupfish are? Did you see the picture? Who cares? No. Who cares? I care. It's long. Yeah, there, okay. it's, we're talking about an inch-long fish that lives down to even we we discovered them in like the last 
hundred years because they're down this giant crater in the earth that the only way to get down there is to have modern climbing technology or to be a, a crazy Navajo guy that just sticks his head and, and goes. But there look it's what's just... Happening, look what's happening on the West Coast with them drilling for groundwater right now mm -hmm. and what it's doing to our climate and, and to, to the climate out there and the, the fact that they're not getting rain now because of it, things like that. These This species can be... A, a, a huge help in understanding how important the world Holes is down in the ground there. are? Yes, absolutely. We thought it wouldn't be a big deal to drain groundwater, and now we're ruining, we're ruining home because we think we're smart. And we're the same people who release cane toads in Australia because we're trying to control pests. Well, that would be a good we're one idiots. to, to eliminate, to let them die, let the cane toads die. We're idiots. Don't let the cane toads die. Just don't bring them to Australia. Just how about this? Don't do anything stupid. That'd be, yeah. that'd be <coughs> um, how about this? Let twenty okay. percent of the human population die. That was my. That was the answer I wanted to go for. That, that is a good. That's a thing that we've all we've all thought about it, right? We were all just, thinking it. Just not me. Right, right. Everyone, as long as people you don't know. You yeah, know, right. truth be told, and truth be told, sometimes. I feel like the whole survival of the fittest thing doesn't really work that way with the humans anymore because it seems like the least fittest are the ones who are making the most offspring. I, you just stole my senior quote if I was back in high school. I'm, <laughs> I'm a social worker, so this is what I do. You know, it's, it's, it's at the people who have – we had this conversation, Steve. The people who have, yeah, we have college degrees and are working really hard to pay off their loans and everything are thinking about kids and thinking, I don't know. And – yeah, absolutely. Society reverses natural selection for sure, and also grows grows the population exponentially, forever and ever and ever. But is the answer actually? I mean, what what would that? I mean, obviously this is you know at least semi hypothetical. But is the what would it help if we killed twenty percent of the people? I don't think that that would actually help. We would still, we would just keep we would just have more babies. Maybe back in a year's time. Or is there a rule right. in China about how many off, uh, how many offspring you can have? There was at one point. I don't know if it still is in existence or not. How do you enforce that? Just like when someone gets. I don't pregnant? know if that's. I don't know if. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if that's true anymore. Well, I, I don't know. I didn't know if they ever did or not, or if I just heard that. I don't. Maybe it was a, a racist per person telling a joke. I don't know. Oh no! It, it did. It did happen at one point. Um, Chinese were only allowed to have one child for a while. I'm looking uh -huh. for John. No offense, Steve. I, you're you're helping me more than John is, but John is a, a damn history major. I'm looking for a little help here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, that's one of those things that like you always heard about, but I couldn't tell if it was you know like a we were that's just afraid of of the communist thing. Right. So yeah. Right. 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 Yep. Exactly. I have Racist definitely heard him multiple times, many many times, but I don't know if it's. I mean, I've never been to China. I've never been to the land of China. Um, so. Let's go. Let's. I guess it's my turn now, huh? Yeah, it is your turn. We can all assume that people we people are the ones we all want the people to die. But let's stick to the. <laughs> we can't. If, listen, you're gonna get you're gonna lose your job as the ambassador to the earth real quick if that's what you're pitched. Um, that's a, there's a that's a, a Simpsons thing. Groundskeeper Willie does that. If elected mayor, my first act would be to kill the whole lot of you. <laughs> all right. Um, so Steve, all right. So, in some ways, you both kind of went the same direction. Um, 
killing off something that's fairly high profile, you know, draw some attention, etc. Um, you know, and that's one of the ways, uh, you know, I considered going. Um, one of the other ways, uh, as you guys have kind of alluded to already, is picking a, a species that's pretty much already extinct anyway, um, because it's probably going to happen whether we pump money into it or not. But most of them wouldn't be noticed by anybody either to draw attention to the plight of other animals either. So in some ways, that's the problem with going with that direction. I mean, there's, I mean, just in our own colonial world, there's a number of choices for that. Uh, we've already mentioned the uh, Rafita swinhoi. There's also... Um, well, I do, Steve, for the record, I do want to go specifically, I want to ask all three of us have a specific, a colonial too, to get rid right. of that's going to be the next thing. So just... And, yeah, and I think of other similar um, species in similar situations to that. I think it's, um, I know it's Caledina mccordy. I can't remember if it's the Rotiensis. Uh, one of the three subspecies, I can't remember which one off the top of my head, uh, is for all intents and purposes extinct in the wild as well. What's um, the common name? What's the common name for everyone? The, the McCord oh. snake neck? Uh, yeah, but there's three subspecies now. One's the Timor Island, one's the East Rhodey Island, and the other's McCourts. Um, I can't remember which one of the three it is. Um, I, I just know it's one of the McCourty subspecies. Um, and then, you know, I also think of, you know, in some ways there might be some uh, validity to picking uh, some species that draws negative attention uh, toward reptiles and and or turtles, uh, and not to upset the snake people, but um, some of them would admit would probably, you know, no matter how much they love the animals, in some ways you almost have to wish some of the giant snakes wouldn't be around just because then they wouldn't draw the negative attention that they're currently drawing, even though they may not even be worthy of the negative attention, it's there. And like if you remove that time. negative, if you remove that negative attention, how much more good can you do by removing that negative attention. And so, in some ways, I think you could almost put the red-eared slider in that basket because of how much they destroy other habitats, how much they out-compete other species, how overblown they are in the hobby, how many people have them, how many get thrown out, how many get left up for adoption, how many... Yeah, 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 yeah. So, think about removing the red-eared slider and how much more are other species going to succeed in the wild because the red deer slider isn't in those 160 nations it's not supposed to be in out competing other, uh, other animals. But then again, killing off the red deer slider is probably the exact opposite of what we want to do because we want to save money and not spend money. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But So I think of all these different kinds of directions that you could really head with something like this, and they all have some kind of validity to them. Um, so these are kind of all the, all the thoughts that are swirling in my head as I, uh, you know, contemplate this question. And so uh, there was, what, what was the other, direct, uh, I think that was pretty much it. Um, I think there was one other thing that I was thinking, but it's gone temporarily. So what's your, what's your final pick? Um, And I'd be remiss if I could kill off somebody else, one of somebody else's favorite animals without saying I'd do the same to one of my own. So, you know, I'm gonna, I'd have to pick one of the, you know, one of the turtles that's all but extinct. Um, and, like, and maybe Rafita Swinhoi is, is the one. Pull all of them out of the wild, don't worry about them in the wild, and, you know, call it done. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, the genetic diversity is never going to be there in the wild to actually 
really support any kind of sustained longevity and, and health in the wild. So, you know, pull them out, let some people enjoy them in captivity, take good care of them with somebody else's private buck, and, you know, that'll be that. Okay. Do, John, John, do you, uh, does it count if they're extinct in the wild and they still exist in captivity? What are your thoughts on this? That's a good question. I mean, my thought I would say that... I, my, my thought was Lonesome George, gone. Like, no more. Yeah. yeah, I think alive in captivity, it's it's all... That's that's kind of a matter of time thing, and that's not the actual, you know, living in captivity, they're already changing, I think, their genetics into a different thing. It's not... They're not living, you know, they're not free, if you will, so... I don't think that that's... Would count. I would say if it's if it's not alive in the wild, then that's my opinion. So if it's not alive in the wild, but there are some in captivity, that counts. Let it, yeah, let them be in captivity. That's fine, but I don't think that you can consider it safe because there's three captive cacks. Uh, what do you call it? Macaw, the blue macaw, or whatever it is that mm -hmm. you know, like that. That doesn't. That's, to me, that doesn't count. So they're all just consider them extinct for the purposes of this. Well, well this is the reason why I asked because I would totally take a a, a, a yellow um, viewpoint and and be a real wuss about it and pick something that wouldn't get me in trouble. So like if I picked, for instance, the uh, Central Kelly's sulcata, the sulcata tortoise, the African spurthide tortoise, which is endangered. Um, it's kind of its range is across the the thick band in Africa, and um, it is endangered in Africa, and um, but it is very well represented in captivity. Mm -hmm. So yeah. let them go extinct in the wild, and then you could develop protected areas to reintroduce them, like has happened with other. Um, ex other species are extinct in the wild, like the Vietnamese pontero that I mentioned. So right. you could reintroduce them, and I can get away with not causing. No, but let's no, but let's think about the. So I'm saying. So the point is that if you're gonna, if they have captive bred populations, it's gonna take money to block off the land and to reintroduce them. Like we're saying, we're saying all the way, all the way done. Because that's the same. You're not. You are exactly copying out. You're doing exactly why. Why no one asks you for advice? Because you just say both sides and then say, "Well, I don't know. Though it's a really hard question." <laughs> That's I always the do. point is the point is to make the hard make the hard decision. I would be and the absolute worst member of any debate team. You ever. are. And you already are. We are, on, yeah. we are on a debate team. Yeah. This um, this is how I am. So, it, like you like you said, Steve, it would be silly of us to. Um, just pick an animal uh, that we don't obviously care really closely about and work directly with. So for the three of us, and I want the three of us to draw from the pool of animals that either we work with directly, the turtle room works with directly, or is like a high-profile um, high profile turtle, turtle or tortoise um, that everyone will know what we're talking about. So I want to choose. We have now chosen one for the largest group. Um, we've chosen one for everything, and now we should choose one for our special, our specialty. So if we want to, um, if we want to go from there, that was why I didn't want you to choose a a, a turtle yeah, before. But I guess red-eared sliders are. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Um, um, 
So tell me, do you want to do you want to go first again, or do you, how do we? Yes, no. if you, I'll go. That's fine. Uh, yeah, let's just remind our viewers again, uh, in case anybody's just joining us. This uh, this is all hypothetical. We're saying, you know, what if we uh, let a species go extinct for uh, purposes of saving others? Uh, now we're just talking yeah, specifically yeah. about turtles and tortoises. Right. So okay. So so again, I can frame it again. Tony, um, brought to you today by Snakes at Sunset is this question. Um, you have this hypothetical question. You have been named the UN ambassador uh, to, we'll call it turtles because we're being more specific now. You've been the, the UN, UN ambassador to turtles. Um, dun, 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 dun. I, I don't know why you play the graduation song. Graduation song? Yeah, I don't know why. That was the only, that was the first one that came to my head. I can't do, what's the president one? Uh, no, I, I was gonna do the I was gonna do the British Bulldogs theme song. <laughs> no, okay. Um, Speaking of Dutch, that's, yeah. um, you have you've been given this uh, opportunity, and you have to make a serious decision, a tough decision, a hard call right now, and say there is one. This is the species of turtle uh, that we are going to let let them be, and we're going to basically defund and knowing that that's going to let them go extinct. Uh, what is the purpose? And this is now we're choosing again from either the very high-profile turtles and tortoises that we all know and deal with, or preferably from uh, a turtle that you specifically work with um, or someone in the turtle room works with. So, Anthony Perleone, you're on. First, for, this is your press conference. Being the horrible uh, member of the debate team that I am, last guy off don't the bat. Don't do this. The don't team. don't do it. I ha I'm sorry. There's three ways you can go. Okay, you either go with the red ear slider or sulcata tortoise, which is well represented in captivity and can go extinct in the wild and still survive for reintroduction in the future. Um, or you can go with the species that's already that's kind of a dead turtle walking, like the Yangtze River turtle, um, mm -hmm. or, or like we talked about those already, or a third option is maybe like a newer species, like which would be a shame because um, there's so much uh, research that can be done. But right. if you pick, like, because the alligator snapping turtle was recently um, was was recently split into three separate species. And a few of those species are more rare and only occur in one river. Um, now, this is going to sound ignorant as well, but if you had to maybe lose one, I suppose one of the one of the lesser represented species, um, and then you always had the opportunity to release a very similar species in its place. That sounds really dumb, but I thought it was at least a third option. You're again. You're trying to figure out a way around. You're just. I just want you to make a make a decision. Make a tough I'm decision. Gonna, kill something. I'm not, I'm not just going to kill something. That's not what I do. <laughs> That's, not That's what the I point. Do. That's why it's hard. No. That's why the decision is hard. No, I'll I'll kill a I'll I'll, I'll kill a person by accident maybe, but I I would never. <laughs> I would never Weird. kill an animal on purpose. My my problem with uh, possibly you know letting one of those uh, alligator snappers go at this point is most of the ones in captivity probably are are a muddlement of all three new species, right? And so there really aren't necessarily ones of any of those particular species in 
in captivity right now. You know, Steve, yeah. I heard that too, but I, I, I would argue that because I think a lot of the people who are breeding them a lot, like John Richards, for instance, for instance, Turtle Man, um, Loggerhead Farms, he's in Missouri, and he's like the biggest alligator snapper um, breeder. I guarantee you he knows what rivers his his turtles came out. Oh, no doubt. There's there's got there's people like him, but I would wager more than fifty percent nobody knows which river they came out of. Yeah, but who gets who who takes a small alligator snapper they don't know where it came from and and grows it all the way up to adulthood and then reproduces them? I think the people who are reproducing them got them before they were protected and have had them. And That's possible. Knowledge. I I think most. I think I would I would say more than half. Well, why are they a subspecies then? Not so subspecies. Three new species. Spe like actual species, not subspecies. Yeah. Okay. All right. So be so even better. Why? Why did we do that? Why is that happening? Genetics. And, and they look bones too. Yeah. 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 They've actually done some uh, some skull analysis, etc. Um, we posted that article, an article about that, a few. I think sometime last week or the week before in our World Turtle News Brief one day. So if somebody's really interested, you can go check out our World Turtle News Briefs and find some more Please information do. on that. Please do. Very good. Very well done. The World Turtle Briefs. So, Tony, what, so you're officially, what is, a, um, what are you, what are you not choosing? I'm not, uh, listen, I tried really hard for you, okay? <laughs> I stepped outside of my comfort, comfort zone. You actually, I mean, you, you declare the giant panda to be dead, so I'll, I'll, I'll right. give you the credit on that. Gosh, I'm going to have panda lovers knocking my door down tonight. <laughs> so you're I'm not listening. choosing. So you're no, not choosing you a turtle. You can't make me. You can't, we're obviously in two different places. You can't make me do that. Okay. I, well, Listen, then, I gave you three. I'll I make the hard decision. No, you're going to be a bad. You're going to be a bad UN ambassador of the Earth. That's what it comes down to. No, you know what? Continue maybe, on maybe. the current course where everything's going to die because we're spreading all our funds around, and that's fine. You've, maybe, you've made your choice. You've killed more things by not being a man and just picking something. Maybe more politicians should be worse at debate. It's not about debate. It's about this. Is just maybe more politicians should be bad politicians. You're saying. No, maybe they should respect each other and collaborate, <laughs> like like the people from the Turtle Room do. Right. Yeah, all right. That's Instead a good point. Actually, we're, we are like a model government. We're, we have a mock government thing going on. Yeah, it works really well. We have a lot of people involved at different levels and different. Everyone has their niche, and that's how things get done. Duly noted. Um, Steve, do you want to choose one or no? Um. Do I want to choose one? Yeah, I'll choose one. Um, he doesn't want to, though. I don't, I don't You're not supposed to want to. Obviously, Tony, obviously we're not going to actually kill these things. God. I think, he's worried, uh, I think he's worried he's going to really offend somebody and they're going to come hunt him down and kill him for saying that he wanted to get off of their favorite turtles. So, you know, Here's right. my thing. Again. Here's my thing. Listen. Listen. You listen to me. What's your, what's your thing? <laughs> <laughs> you listen to me. Sorry excuse for it. All right. Listen. When you, all right, my biggest fear for getting on and talking on one of these things, and I'm sure any one of our guests will agree, and I'm sure if you guys think back to when you first came on here as well, you would say the same thing. Your biggest fear is looking like an idiot because you say something stupid in front of someone who's smarter than you, okay? <laughs> now, right? That hasn't stopped you from right? our entire relationship. 
Well, well, you know me. It's different. You're smarter than me, but you know me. <laughs> but listen, when, it doesn't matter what you say. Like when I said giant pandas and then you started talking, I'm like, oh, crap, John sounds really smart and I just sounded really dumb. And then once you said kill the lemurs, you sounded just as dumb as me. I know. It doesn't. That's the point. You're, it's okay to. Say, it's, we're supposed to be sounding dumb. That we're. The hypothetical question is a dumb. It's a dumb question. Let's kill something. Obviously, I'd it doesn't make sense. I'd prefer to at least sound not so dumb. Just a little bit less dumb. But in trying to not sound dumb, my thing is that you are sounding more dumb by not just picking something by by not playing by the rules of the game so that you can save face. It's like you're trying. You're trying to not piss anybody off so that you're pissing everybody off. All right, guys. <laughs> by ready? everybody, I mean ready? me. Ready or slider, sulcata tortoise, plowshare tortoise. Marry one, screw one, <laughs> kill one. Go. Kill the ready or sliders. Don't marry the plowshare. Just don't. don't. What's the third thing? <laughs> the sulcata, the, the one that's actually the size of a human. <laughs> 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 I think everyone, everyone probably that's listening knows what that what that noise is. <laughs> oh wow! If Steve Rosan, if if Steve Rosan is watching this, he's laughing. Oh no doubt, he loves that no stuff. I feel like we're degenerating here. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. All right, well, let me the, let me just make my let me make my my pitch here. I thought that was the first good moment of the entire show. Continue. I. In an effort to actually answer the only question that I have posed, I'm going to continue with my, my theme. Uh, I think that the Madagascar species are something that we need to let go. So that includes, this is what I was getting at in the beginning, if anyone's going to be pissed off, it should be you and the rest of the Turtle Room guys. Because I'm saying that uh, Pixies arachnoidists, we need to let go. We need to let them go. Spider tortoises, which is too much. And same with plowshares more so because, listen... We just we don't we don't they're done they're done let's just let's just call it before let's call the game on a counter rain before the game is over. There's a reason that people home, there's a home run rule and and backyard home run derby because it's not fun to keep going when you know the outcome. So using all Madagascar species, um, I'm saying that those are the example of that's what I'm I'm choosing a Madagascan species because of the same reason that I gave before as why I would let the lemurs die. So I'm saying. Uh, the example being the plowshares and or the spider, spider tours, I just because I wanted to not cop out, so I know that we work directly with them, and we have, you know, obviously a, a lot of attachment to them. Let me so. let me let me let me remind you of the three other species, and then let me play devil's advocate for you and make you choose okay. one. Yeah, plowshare, yeah. plowshare tortoise, radiated mm -hmm. tortoise, spider. Radiated tortoise, is the other way, right? Spi spider tortoise, flat-tailed tortoise, which is right. the flat-tailed spider tortoise are the same genus as the... Uh, so those two, the, the radiated and the plowshare are the same genus, and okay. the spider and the flat-tailed are the same genus, but then there's also the Madagascar big-headed turtle. Um, mm. So instead of saying all five, which one would you pick? Right, so I, so if I had to pick one, I would say plowshare because I think those are the most far gone. Those are going to be the hardest... Um, because of the fact that they're they're high profile, uh, to some degree, I think that that would be the one that I would say we we should we should let them go. I, I don't know. I, I mean, and again, 
I understand the the opposite, like Steve's point that you know just killing something off because it's close to being dead doesn't necessarily help or make it the make it beneficial to any of the other species. But I'm saying. I'm thinking fiscally, like, okay, if we get rid of everything that we've put towards plowshares and put it towards, you know, the the big-headed, you know, they'll have the the one that already has a bit, a bit of a leg up may have a better chance to survive. And I don't know enough about the, you know, obviously the 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 type of environments in Madagascar. There's many many environments, and each of those turtles and tortoises live in separate ones. And I, I know that I don't know enough about that because um, I have yet to travel to Madagascar, but. Um, that's my that's that's my rationale. I would say because listen, they're they're far enough gone, and I think that we put effort into it. So let's just forget, you know, let's just not put the effort into something that's already. It's a money pit. It, it's a charming movie with with Tom Hanks. Said movie, then you know the, um, you, you know the 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 message that it was sending. It, the message is let the plowshares die. My father-in-law. It does. I, you're 100 percent right. I know. It totally. It totally. You sound like such an idiot when you say it. But that's the point of this. That's why we're asking a hard question. I'm giving a hard answer, and I'm not going to think twice about it. Leadership. Like a, that's what leadership is. True. Excuse me. Fair enough. So Steve. I think. Uh, you know, and if I were going to pick one of the Madagascan species, I think I'd actually take uh, take the radiated because of how. Um, how pop, how common they generally are in the hobby these days. There's tons of them in the U.S. Uh, partly thanks to the Baylor Colonial Center as well, who's had tons of these things that are offspring. And I mean, they have tons of bloodlines and tons of each bloodline, and in some ways, can't figure out what to do with some of them either. Um, and also, so thanks to one of the Madagascan species, that's where I'd go. And also, thanks to our friend Mike Michael Ogle, um, the keeper of the. Radiated stud book. Yeah. Lovely. Hmm. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap up. Do we have Steve? Is there any questions or anything that we want to? Um, any any last less comments from the producer? Um, I don't have uh, anything, and we really. Uh, I'm gonna call a shout out here. We really want. We really need you guys to, who are watching to start sending some more questions in, so we can. Um, so we can kind of let you direct the show a little bit. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, our next show is scheduled for Monday, uh, May 4th. That's the first Monday in May. So you guys have um, one, two, three, four weeks to uh, send questions to um, the podcast at theturtleroom.com or uh, via Facebook or Google Plus or YouTube for the next show, and we can let you help direct the show a little bit. Um, some comments. Uh, Dead Snakescape from YouTube uh, says, Great topic. I actually had the same discussion with a buddy about the dwindling populations of bog turtles and their habitat. Mm. There we go. Bog turtles, another, that's another interesting one. Like, wait, maybe we can... Another good, another good point. There, there are so many, there's so many species that are like that. So please, um, to, to also send a shout-out like Steve did, please let us know um, your... Let us know what you think about this topic. If there's a species of animal or turtle that uh, a larger animal or turtle that you think uh, would benefit, or what you would just choose to let go, uh, it could be based solely on hatred for the uh, for the species. 
uh, as in seagulls or raccoons, uh, or it could be uh, because you think that it'll do an amount of, of greater good. I think that this is a good. I think it's just a good exercise to think about this. Whether you can, whether you can man up and actually pick one or not, Tony. I'm not going to judge you on that. I think it's good. The exercise of thinking about it is the most important part. Uh, you know, we should also make another quick public service announcement now that I'm thinking about it. Um, shout out to ZooMed and Turtle and Tortoise Preservation Group. Um, in preparations for World Turtle Day 2015, uh, which is on May 23rd. Um, Ooh, that's coming up. They are providing uh, free specialized uh, packages for teachers. Uh, for students grade 2 to 6, which include lesson plans, vocabulary lists, turtle activities and puzzles, etc. So if you are a teacher, no teacher, and are interested in this free learning package to connect some classroom materials with Turtle with World Turtle Day, um, please send an email with the subject title Turtle Day Package to zoomed at zoomed.com with the following information. Uh, the teacher's name, the name of the school, full mailing address, grade level, and the number of students in your class. Uh, supplies are limited, so send your requests in as soon as possible. I'm actually going to be passing this on to the other teachers in the middle school I'm currently teaching in, uh, to the, especially to the science teachers, to see if they're interested in um, in kind of hooking up with some of this to to have some fun uh, World Turtle Day activities. That sounds great. Um, definitely, definitely check that out. Also, uh, go to the Snakes at Sunset Sunset website. Uh, or if you're in Miami and you're uh, in between mojitos, go go check out their their storefront. That's um, great. <laughs> and, um, there again, another picture of the website. Um, please, 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 don't kill any of the species that we've talked about killing. Let's 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 not take that decision into our hands until we've been uh, until we've been become the president of the earth. Um, all right, so that's that's it for us. I think we're gonna sign off now. Uh, I'm I'm John for Steve and Tony. We've all been breathing out of our butts for most of this time. You've been talking out of yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Nailed it. <laughs>